Who can admit, sometimes stuff happens, right? Sometimes we got a little bit of technical difficulties, things like that, but can I just tell you something I love about church? Is it isn't about production, it isn't about sound, it isn't about videos, it's about being in the presence of Jesus, and I'm thankful for today that we have the chance to be gathered together and hear from the Word of God. Who agrees with me today? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, hello everybody. If we have not met before, my name is Caleb and I am the youth pastor here at BCA. It's my honor and privilege to get to serve in this role and that sort of a thing. And it is awesome to have the opportunity to be able to bring the word today as we're going to dive into scripture and see what the living word of God has to say for us today. Now, you guys have already heard a little bit about it. Today is Move Up Weekend, which we love every single year for a whole lot of reasons. I love the fact that today, if you were to go up into our kids' area, you would be seeing some excited kids stepping into their elementary classrooms for the first time. Or you're seeing some kids get to go to preschool for the first time. Or I know in True Life, we had some sixth graders who were pumped to be there for the first time, which is awesome, awesome, awesome. You see, as a church, we believe in Move Up Weekend, also to celebrate our seniors who are graduating, who are stepping into a new season of life. And that's really what this weekend's all about. It's all about honoring and celebrating the fact that guess what? Life happens. Life shifts. Life changes. Things take place. And today is such an amazing opportunity for not just our seniors to get to reflect on the reality that life is changing, for every single one of us to realize, to recognize that sometimes life changes. The seasons shift and all of that kind of a thing. Now, for the last few weeks, we've been in a collection of talks that we have uh, called Love Fiercely. And as we've been going throughout this collection, I wanted to tie this message to this series by titling the message, Loving Through the Seasons. Loving Through the Seasons, Loving Through Change, whatever you would want to put in as a word. You see, as we look at this, there's a reality as a community. One of the things we have to make sure to do to truly love people is not just love people for a moment, but love people for a lifetime. Love people truly through all the different seasons and changes that they're going to walk through. You know, when we talk about seasons, for some reason, the instant image that comes to my mind is a kid when they first sign up for t-ball. Okay, when a kid first signs up for t-ball, guess what? They're not really going for tryouts. Unless it's like the really competitive leagues or something like that, but I've never heard of it. They show up and guess what? They get put on a team. They get to play. They get to learn the game and that sort of a deal. But guess what? One day their baseball or softball career will end. Whether they're so talented like everybody's child we believe is, where they go to play in the pros or something like that. Or maybe they play through elementary school, middle school, high school, maybe college or that sort of thing. There's a day though where they suit up for the last time where they go, they step up to the plate, they go, they get to the mound, whatever it may be, there's a moment where that season changes. And guess what? Life shifts after that. Life changes after that. Things take place where life starts to look a little bit different. Even thinking about maybe you're somebody where you're like, I'm not really a sports person. Think about somebody who goes to do a musical or a play. You have your auditions, you go and you have that take place, then you get your role, you go through, but then there's the day after the final show where you don't have rehearsals anymore, you don't have your practices anymore, you're kind of, this season is over. It changes. Well, there's a reality that all of life is kind of like t-ball and being in a musical. We end up being in seasons for a while, but then things change. Our routines, our rhythms, things like that, they start to shift just a little bit. Now today, as we start to talk about the changes that we see in life and how we can love people through them, I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you a question. Have you ever felt forgotten? Have you ever felt forgotten? Have you ever felt 
like you just slipped through the cracks. And as if everything was changing around you and nobody took the time to notice that you were still there. Have you ever felt forgotten, unseen, like people just for some reason missed you? Cool. I think we all could say yes to this. I think all of us could say, yeah. I've had moments I've felt forgotten. Maybe for some of us, we also could look back on our life and we could recognize a time that we have forgotten someone. We've looked around us and things have changed and shifted and they just, they kind of got to this thing as a society that we would call out of sight, out of mind. We struggle with this so much, I think. Where we end up having it where if somebody isn't right in front of us, we forget to think about them. We forget to pray for them. We forget to reach out to them. Why? Well, it's just out of sight, out of mind. Can I just tell you that when I graduated high school, I had the opportunity to go to Northwest University down in Kirkland, Washington, not that far from Arlington where I grew up. But can I just tell you that first year of college, and maybe my second one too, I wasn't really winning son of the year awards. I wasn't really like the best son on earth or anything like that during those two years. Why? Because I wasn't really reaching out to my parents. I wasn't really reaching out to them. I wasn't calling them. I wasn't giving them the updates. I wasn't saying, hey guys, I got to do this. I got to have this happen. They would reach out. They would reach out, but I would forget so often. Now, I didn't forget because I don't love them, because I don't care about them, because I didn't appreciate all the investment they had put into me for so many years. It was just out of sight, out of mind. Life changed. And for some reason, I had forgotten to reach out. Now, I will say I'm better about it now. Still not perfect. My mom can attest to that. But can I just tell you this idea of out of sight, out of mind, it's one that we need to be really concerned about. Can I just tell you today, move up Sunday, this opportunity to celebrate our seniors. Can I just say something that might be just a little bit of a downer to the day, but it's a reality we have to keep in front of us. That statistics say that most students, most young people that have a faith in Jesus will lose their faith in the transitional time between high school and adulthood. The time of leaving a youth ministry and stepping into the real world, although they've already been living a lot of life. You see, this reality is one that we need to take serious. Can I just tell you, as the youth pastor here, it might seem like a ridiculous dream, but my hope is that we have students that truly find me, experience Jesus, and serve him for a lifetime. Why? Because we don't forget about them. Because we don't let them be out of sight, out of mind. You see, today as the body of Christ, though, it's not just the job of a youth pastor. It's not just the job of a senior pastor. It's not just the job of a youth leader. It's the job of a community, the body of Christ, to say, how can we make sure people are not forgotten? And today you might be in here. You might be like, I didn't realize it was move up weekend. I don't have a senior. I don't have somebody I'm celebrating. Can I just tell you this message is for you too? Because all of us have change happen. All of us have seasons shift and go about. And we need to make sure we're not forgotten. Now in just a moment, we're going to dive into scripture. But first, let me pray for us today. God, we just thank you for this opportunity to be in this place. To worship and to praise you, God, through music. And we thank you for this opportunity right now to dive into your word and to see what you have to say, God. Lord, we thank you that we do not just gather to hear um, good-sounding words from people and speakers, but Lord, we gather to be able to dive in to your living word that, yes, it was written many years ago, but it was written for them, and it's written for us today. So God, we pray that you go ahead, you prepare our hearts, Lord Jesus, and you help our spirits to be ready to receive 
Lord, so we don't just leave this place having gathered together with some people, but Lord, we leave with our lives changed by gathering with the living God. Lord, we thank you for today. Be with us in your name. Amen, amen, amen. This morning, to kick off the message, I want to start by reading out of 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 11 to 16. You see, 1 Timothy was a letter that was written from the Apostle Paul, helped turn the whole world upside down. And he takes time to write to a young pastor named Timothy. Let's read what he had to say. He says this, Command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given to you through the prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. You see, in this passage of Scripture, I just love it because sometimes we overlook the circumstances surrounding the text. You see, in this moment, Paul is writing to a young Timothy who was left in charge of one of the churches that Paul helped to establish. And Timothy has been left to help pastor, to lead it. And can I just tell you, he's a bit discouraged in this season of change. And so Paul takes a moment, this man who is busy, this man who's going on missions, journeys, this man who's helping plant churches, and he takes the time to reach out to a young pastor of a small church. He looked, and in this moment we're seeing Paul embody this reality of not allowing Timothy to be out of sight, out of mind. He might be like, Timothy, you were left in your church, I've moved on. He could have looked and said, hey, Timothy, I'm important. I'm busy. I'm doing godly things figure it out. Can't you do that? No, Paul reaches out. Paul says, Timothy, are you feeling discouraged? Are you feeling down? Well, you're not forgotten. Let me build you up. Let me lean in and let me help you to realize that you are able to do what you've been called to do. This is important. This is important. This is a vital thing for us to realize. And a reason why Paul took the time to reach out to Timothy is because Paul, he ends up writing later on to a church that was pretty messed up about a principle that Paul embodied every single day. And it's this idea of us being the body of Christ. Us being the hands and feet of Jesus. And I actually want to read to you out of 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 to 30, this whole section of scripture of Paul trying to help this church to realize, guess what? We are a body. There's many parts. One body. We need to be there for one another. Let's read this together really quick. It says this. Just as a body, though one, has many parts... But all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. 
On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts, they need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have the gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? No. But that's because they help make one body. It's many parts, one body. And today, as we're looking at this and we are realizing the fact that it is not about us all looking the same, being the same, having the same gifts, having the same talents, and that sort of a thing. There's an importance to realize that we need to help fight for the body. You see, us as a church, we're not just a group that gathers together on Sunday morning and lifts our hands and praises Jesus through music and song, and at the end says, hey, amen, love that, and leave and go out throughout our day. We're not a person who gathers and just says, hey, I love Jesus individually. I'll see you guys next week if you want to do life together. Ah, I'm not really for that. No, we are a community that looks around and looks at one another and says, we are the body of Christ. We are many making one. We aren't isolated. We're not on our own. We have people around us. So that means there are times that we need to look and actually own up to what it means to be a body. I got four things really quick. And you might be sitting there right now. You might be saying, Caleb, how does this deal with loving people through the changes of life and that sort of a thing. We're going to get to that. But if we understand this, you're going to see why it is so important. So really quick, what does it mean to be the body of Christ? What are some things we have to sow? I got four things. First thing, no single part can do everything. No single part can do everything. You might be like, Caleb, we just read this whole verse. It's so important you catch this. So Paul is trying to so clearly help us realize no single part can do everything. Can I tell you, my index finger is very important for me. I pick things up. I carry things around. I go throughout my day. I have all this stuff. I have moments where I definitely need my index finger. I do not just need my index finger, though. If I looked at my life and said, all I need is an index finger, I would be dead in three days because I didn't eat, because I didn't drink anything, because I didn't take care of myself, because I didn't go anywhere, I didn't say anything. I stopped breathing because my index finger cannot do those things. See, there's moments that we look at the body, we look at the people around us, and we look and we end up thinking, man, that guy, that gal, they can get everything done. I'm not necessary. No single part can do everything. And can I also encourage some of you today, you can't do everything. You might be in here, you might be like, I'm very capable, I'm very gifted. That is awesome. Maybe you're somebody who has a lot of talents and all of that. People would look and they might say, hey, the hands, they can do so many things. Guess what? Without feet, they get nowhere. No single part can do everything. So important. Second thing, it's the flip side. Each part has a role. Each part has a role. Each part necessarily needs to be a part of the body. If you were to look at somebody... And you were to say, just like, hey, you just don't need that part. Guess what? The body, it looks different. It doesn't look in the same kind of wholeness. The body of Christ, it needs to be whole in the sense that every part realizes it has a role. 
It has a part to play. Can I just tell you today, maybe you've shown up to church, Pastor Rob was speaking on this earlier, when it comes to serving and that sort of thing, and you look and you just say, hey, these just aren't my things. Find your role. You have a part to play. Help make the body complete. You have a part. You are vital. You are necessary. Can I tell you, seniors, really quick, in seasons of change, it is easy to see your part shift. It's easy to see your role shift, so you think you no longer have a place. Find your new role. Find the part you've evolved into. Find the spot that you're meant to be in. Each part has a role. Third thing, I think this one's really important. This is one that has kind of shifted the way I view community. When a part is hurt, you care for it. It says in the verse, it says that when one part suffers, the whole body does. Can I just tell you, not to get graphic or anything like that, but let's say somebody was to break their leg. They break their leg. They go, they end up getting a cast put on it. Let's say they get to the spot where they can use crutches. Okay, and they're going around. They can't put weight on that leg. Why? Because it's suffering, it's hurting, it's in pain. But can I just tell you, after a while, back starts to ache a little bit. Arms are getting a little tired. Other leg is a little bit like, why do I have to keep hopping? It's the body suffering for the sake of the part that is initially suffering. It's the body looking and saying, we'll take on the weight so you can heal. Can I tell you really quick, when people go through times of change, it's an inconvenience to their life. And guess what that means? It's an inconvenience to yours. It needs to be. Because it's you looking and you saying, guess what? They are suffering. They're seeing this change happen. Guess what? That person who was in my Bible study, they got a new job. Their work schedule changed. They can't make it anymore. Guess what? Call them. They're not outside of community now. And you might be like, I don't have time for that call. Yes, you do. One, you do. You can. It's a quick thing. But realize the fact that inconveniencing yourself is helping give them a moment of life. It's the moment that the leg looks and says, I'll take some pressure off for you really quick. I see you. You're here. If one part suffers, you got to care for it. Fourth thing, you got to realize about being a part of the body is that each part needs to be strengthened. You've never arrived, just so you know. There's always more that God has for us. There's always more he has to build within us. As a church, we believe in this principle. You know why? That's why we end up having a kids ministry that we vitally believe in. That's why we have a youth ministry that we care so much about. That's why we look around and we say, hey, why should we have rooted groups and small groups and places to serve? Why do we have a Sunday morning gathering, 6 p.m. times to pray? All of these different things. Why do we have these things? Because we need to be strengthened. We need to be built up in the many ways we could. We got Bible studies at 9 a.m. We got services going on. Guess why? Because people need to be strengthened, every part, every piece, every bit of the body. I got I to gotta throw this in here really quick. Guys, tell you, I wouldn't be a good youth pastor if I didn't. We believe so much in strengthening the body. We're willing to inconvenience ourselves to help it get strong. Can I tell you really fast, our youth ministry, we've got about 20-some volunteers that come in and out serving within our youth ministry. We've got about 12, 15 of them that are every single week, two times a week, probably four hours of their week, not counting time that they're praying, interceding, and wanting to be able to reach out to students. That they are devoting a large amount of time to the students. Why? Because we believe in the need to strengthen the youth, that part of our body. And it's worth inconveniencing ourselves to do it. There's a reality, serving, it's not always about making it the most convenient, the most comfortable. It's about, is it worth it? And it's worth it if we can help build up a generation of kids who will say they will fight for their faith for a lifetime. It's worth a few hours a week. 
It's worth a couple of nights where you're like, man, I wish I could have gone to bed earlier. For some of our leaders, it's worth staying up all night at an all-nighter or going to a summer camp for five days. It's worth it because it's strengthening the body. Because when the whole body is strong, guess what? The whole body is strong. It's better off. It's in a better place. So now if all of this together, if we're realizing that together we make the body of Christ, we are one body working together. What does this mean then when we see these seasons of change and transition come up for people in their lives? For some of you, it might be job change. It might be the reality that for some of you, guess what today might signify? A time of becoming empty nesters. A time of having kids move out for the first time. A time of seeing people switch in life. And also for our seniors, a time of stepping into a new season of life. What does it look like to love people through these times of change? Well, I got four things. I got two for us as a community, and I got two for us as individuals. So two as the community are going to be for what we can do for those going through change. Two for us as individuals are things that you need to keep in mind because there's a reality that life will change. Transition does come up. Things happen. So what do we need to keep in our mind to help us have a solidified nature within our faith? Well, let's look at the community first. Two things for the community. First one. Honor where the person has been and celebrate where they're going. Honor where they've been, celebrate where they're going. Can I just tell you today, that's one reason why we do things like move up weekend. So we take times in true life, we end up having a senior night also on a Wednesday night. It's why people in schools and things like that, why do they do a graduation ceremony? Why do us as a church want to pray over people who are stepping into different ministerial things or going into a missions field or things like that? Why do we do it? Because we want to honor and celebrate where they've been so they have a solid, firm foundation to step into the next season. When you have people that have taken time to honor and celebrate you, it helps you to realize the fact that where you're stepping into, you have people still behind you who are still there for you. When you take time to look to somebody when they're going into a time of change and you look and you say, hey, guess what? I've seen what God's done. I see what God's going to do. It gives that person a moment they can hold on to. They can just hold on tight to when life gets hard and they can look and they can say, no, I've seen what God has done. They reminded me of it. And I can see where God is taking me to. It might be difficult right now, but I've been given this blessing, this gift of a moment to hold on to where the Lord has solidified things within me. Can I just tell you, I got some friends who are going to be moving across the state. They're stepping into a new season. It's a lot of change. One of my closest friends, I'm not going to be able to see him as much, all these things. Can I just tell you, I want to honor and celebrate him so, so much this next month. Because I want him to be able to when life shifts, when transition strikes, when change is taking place. And yes, he's being faithful to the Lord, but life gets a little hard. I want him to be able to look back and say, I remember the time I was reminded of all that God had done and all he will do. I can press on. We need to honor people where they're at. If you have somebody in your like small group, within your family, whatever it may be, they're like, hey, I got a new job. Don't just say, hey, that's cool. On to the next thing. Celebrate them. Look and say that is amazing that God would provide that opportunity for you. Take time to build them up within it because it's a moment of God intervening, interacting. Now I'm going to keep moving. Looking on with this, the second thing for us as a community, don't let out of sight mean out of mind. We need to be like Paul was for Timothy. We need to be like Paul was for Timothy. Paul looks and he says to Timothy, Paul, a busy man doing many things, looks and says, Timothy, I see you. You know, an interesting thing about 1 Timothy is it wasn't just a private letter written just to Timothy, but it was a public letter. It would have been one that was read to the church at large. It was one that was then passed around. So Timothy shows up, and he has this letter from Paul, and he says, hey, church, we need to read this. It's from Paul. He was kind of the founder of our church. We should read through it. And they get it, and they start to read through it. And when Paul gets to the spot when he says, Timothy, don't let anyone look down upon you because you're young, 
Timothy's receiving, but guess what the church people are hearing? Oh man, we need to stop looking down upon him because he's young. We got to start realizing and recognizing what God has done in his life. We need to take time. And guess what? Paul in this moment, he was showing Timothy, you're not forgotten. Now I'm going to help remind the people around you what God has done. There's some of you in here, you got relationship with people who are going through times of change. There's some of you in here, you have relationship with the seniors who are graduating, stepping into a new season of life. Guess what? It might look like a text message, a phone call. It might look like seeing them walking around saying, hey, I'm going to be praying for you. It might look like taking time to actually pray for them and not just say, hey, I'm going to be praying for you. Not to be rude. Taking that time to say, hey, I'm going to take time. I'm going to pray. I'm going to intervene. I'm going to intercede. Guess what? Life might get difficult. I believe prayer is powerful and it's going to help you. It's taking time to say out of sight does not mean out of mind. Now with this, we as a community have things we can do, but also individually there's things we have to hold on to. There's things that we have to hold tight to. So number three would be this. If you're seeing times of change, you need to know that you've been prepared. Know that you've been prepared. That's what Paul is ultimately telling Timothy. He's like, he could have looked at Timothy and said, hey, Timothy, get your stuff together, man. You're good. Because he's looking at him, and in short, what he's saying is he's saying, Timothy, you've been prepared. You've received. You've been blessed. You've been prayed over. You've been equipped. Timothy, a man who is following along with Paul, place to place, pastoring in those settings and that sort of a thing. He's like, Timothy, you've been prepared. Seniors, can I tell you that you've been prepared for the things in life that are starting to get, get a little bit heavier? The weight that is going to start to happen. It's not a bad thing to start to see weight take place. It's a moment of recognizing the fact that God has prepared you for it. Now, a quick analogy, a quick thing to help give perspective for this. If you were to go and learn how to play basketball, silly example, but it's a good one, I think. You can be judged of that. When you think of playing basketball, you go and you try out for your first team, you start to play, guess what? You go to practices. We're talking about practice right now. And you go and you start to play and you're playing alongside people, you're playing with your teammates, you're learning drills, you're learning your warm-ups, you're learning your different kinds of options, all this stuff. You're learning how to play. Then there's a day that shows up eventually where now it's game day. And guess what? It's a different environment. It's a different moment. Because the person now across from you, they're not trying to help make sure you understand the play. They're trying to embarrass you and beat you. They want to win. It's a competition now. It's a game. And guess what? You might go to the sideline. You might look at your coach and be like, coach, I'm just not ready for this. And if the coach is a good coach, they're going to look and say, hey, remember what we did in practice. You've been prepared. Can I tell you something really quick? The space for preparation is often different than the space of implementation. So there's some of you, you might be stepping into a new season and you're getting overwhelmed and you're getting stressed and you're looking and you're saying, Jesus, you never prepared me for this. Hey, game day looks different than practice, but you still have the same necessary skills. Seniors, can I tell you, you guys are stepping into a new season, a new time. And you might say, this don't look like youth group anymore. This doesn't look like a summer camp. This doesn't look like me trying to make sure I can show up when I have a curated time I can be at. But guess what? You've been prepared. You are equipped. You are empowered. You are able. Realize that. You have been prepared. Now, this leads us to the inevitable. This leads us to a reality that we all can probably admit to. The fact that change is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable, but we must persevere. It's uncomfortable. We must persevere. You see Paul in this moment, he's looking to Timothy, and guess what? I bet Timothy in the back of his head was like, I got a resignation letter written up. I got a little resignation letter I could send in and be like, all right, All right, board of elders, I'm done. I'm out. I'm going back with Paul. I'm going to start traveling around with him. 
But no, in this moment, Paul is looking to Timothy and he's saying, Timothy, change was always going to be difficult. Timothy, these problems were always going to be there. Timothy, it's worth it to persevere. Timothy, it's worth it to press on. You see, in our lives, we start to see change. We start to see things take place. And oftentimes, I think, we end up wanting to try to be comfortable. We want to fight for comfort. We don't want the discomfort. We don't want the pain. We don't want the things that might feel like they're setbacks to hit us. But the reality is is that we do not fight for comfort as followers of Jesus. We fight for Jesus. We fight for faith. We fight for what he has called us to. And it might be difficult, but can I tell you, it is so worth it. You see, in short, if I was to sum this whole message up, just a one sentence for you that you could scribble down, you could like put as a post-it note somewhere if you wanted. It would just be this, bottom line. We have been called to faithfully love our community in all seasons, especially seasons of transition. You see, we are a community. We are a body of Christ. We are not individuals placed here randomly. We are people who have been placed here with a purpose, and we have a part to play. And we need to help love people as they're switching in to new seasons and things like that. Whether it's our seniors graduating and having this crazy moment of stepping into adulthood, or whether it's a sixth grader stepping into true life for the first time. Or whether it's somebody stepping into a new job, or whether it's, it's the parent who now is not going to have kids in the home, and the spouses are trying to figure out what does life look like for us now without the kids here. Or maybe it's a grandparent being able to now look after one of their grandchildren because of unforeseen circumstances, and they're saying, I need it now. What does life look like now? Don't let them be forgotten. Love them through these times of transition. Now in just a moment, we're going to take a second to pray, but I have to just do one last reminder for us today. And it's who our example is. We can look to Paul and Timothy, great examples, great models, great things to look to, great people to look to. But can I tell you that our primary example as believers in Jesus is Jesus. Is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Jesus, who was sent to this earth to live a perfect life, sent to this earth to die, sent to this earth to defeat death, hell, and the grave, rise again, and not just leave us be, but send his Holy Spirit to be with us. That Jesus who showed up and arrived on the scene, you know why he did it? Because he did not forget you and me. Because he didn't forget us. Just because we tried to step out of his view because we looked and said, we don't want relationship. He did not look and say, well, you're out of sight, so you're out of mind. No, he kept you in focus, in sight. And he said, guess what? You're all that's on my mind. You're all I can think about. And I will give opportunity after opportunity for you to have relationship with me. Jesus, our example. Church, we need to be more like him. We need to live, love, and lead like him. We need a desire to be able to represent him well to people around us. And that looks like inconveniencing ourselves sometimes. Because somebody's going through change and they need to be reminded of what Jesus has done and what he's going to do. Church, can we have a desire to love like Jesus? Church, can I just encourage you really quick in a moment, we're going to pray. But can I encourage you, please, even if it's just for over this summer, but I compel you for a year to pray for our seniors. You might be somebody in here, you say, hey, once a week I take time to pray for True Life. Can I just please encourage you? We gave you guys these prayer cards that have names of seniors. Pray through that list every day. Why? Because prayer is powerful. We don't print stuff just to print it. We don't print stuff just so you can have something in your hand. We print it because we want to be a tool in your hand, a resource to help change and preserve an eternity with Jesus.
pray for them. And maybe today you're somebody looking and you're saying, hey, actually, I know some of these seniors. Reach out to them. Maybe you're somebody who knows somebody going through change life. Reach out to them. Love them. Care for them. We need to love people through the seasons of transition that face our lives. Why do we do it? Because no one should ever have to say, yes, in my church, I felt forgotten. They should be able to look and say, no, my church helped me remember. I didn't slip through the cracks. I started to, but they picked me up. They held me up. They preserved me where I was at. Why? Because we're a body. And if one part suffers, guess what? We will suffer alongside them until they are well. So with that being said, I'm excited to be able to invite Pastor Rob up as we're going to take a moment. We're just going to pray a blessing over our seniors, believing that God has amazing things for their lives and amazing things he wants to continue to do in this new season they're stepping into. Thank you, Caleb. You received a prayer card on your way in. If you didn't get one of these, grab one at the Connection Center. But we just want to pray over our graduates, Justin Barsness, Mark, Dumayal, Sawyer Grant, Greta, Mariah, Shiloh, Lucas, Ronnie. And on the back, there's some great scriptures to pray over our graduates. We want our graduates to know we love them. We're proud of them. We're rooting them on. We're praying for them. We believe in them. And we know that God is with them as they get ready for the next stage in their life. Would you stand with me all over this place? Let's stand together. Let's pray. And let's lift up each of these students to the Lord. Jesus, we thank you for these incredible graduates. Lord, they have a lifetime in front of them. And I pray the love of Jesus Christ will flourish in them and flow through them, touching the lives of many, many people around them. God, I pray that their faith will continue to grow and expand. I pray you'll give them hope. You'll encourage them. You'll guide them. You'll provide for them. God, you'll meet their need. You'll show them the way. And whatever their next step is, whatever that might be, Lord, I pray that you will just prosper them. Give them a hope. Give them a future. Bless them in every, every way. Let them know their church loves them. We're praying for them. We're so proud of them. And we're rooting them on as they take the very, very next step in their journey. God, as a church family, we take these things very seriously. As children move from one stage to the next, one grade to the next, as people move through their high school years and now this pivotal moment of graduating from high school, moving on to either college or career or whatever the case may be. We pray for them. We pray for their families. And we ask it all in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, amen, amen. I'm going to invite our prayer team to come forward. If you're here today and you have a special prayer need, we'd love to pray with you. We've got cake out in the lobby to celebrate our graduates. How many came for the cake today? It's out there. Uh, we invite you to stop by, congratulate our graduates in person, and enjoy a piece of cake. God bless you, everybody. Thanks for being here.